Today we look back on the legendary career of Guy Lafleur and his impact on the Montreal Canadiens and the game of hockey as he has passed at the age of 70. The Minnesota Wild get a buzzer beater in overtime to keep their hot streak going. We talk about the keys to their recent success and the Washington Capitals may have lost Alexander Ovechkin. He left Sunday's game early with an upper body injury. We have the latest. All this and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Gil Martin, always glad to be with you here on this Monday as we talk about the biggest stories from around the NHL with our local experts. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Right now, we're going to get things started with a tribute to the late Guy Lafleur, who passed away last Friday at the early age of 70. Locked on Canadians co-host Scott Matla and Laura Saba will discuss the legacy of Guy Lafleur, what he meant to the Montreal Canadiens and to the game of hockey, coming up right now. We wanted to spend a few minutes talking about Guy Lafleur, his legacy, and what he meant to Montreal. Uh, so if you're joining us, thank you very much, and we hope that you share your memories of him too. My name is Laura Saab. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. And it's been a really sad day today in Montreal and across the NHL in Canada and among ha- hockey fans everywhere, as a true legend has passed away. Uh, you can look at his accolades. You can look at the number of Stanley Cups he's won. You can look at his point totals, which are astronomical. You can look at all of that on the ice but I think as a whole what he meant to the city the country the game the province particularly uh was as an ambassador to hockey yeah I I I've it's been a very hard day in that like there's no easy way to say goodbye to not only someone who transcended, you know, just being a hockey player in hockey's cathedral in Montreal, but someone who was so iconic across the league here. And I look at it in back-to-back weeks here. The Islanders in the NHL lost Mike Bossy on Good Friday last week, and the Canadians said goodbye to Guy Lafleur uh, a week later. And there's a very iconic photo of the two of them shaking hands in a line at some point when they had played. And now you look at and go, both of these guys are no longer here and the hockey world is worse off for that. And it, since I saw the news first thing this morning, I've been trying to come up in my head. How do you properly eulogize a guy that, you know, I admittedly have only gotten to see the classic clips of him playing, you know, I wasn't born in the era of the Montreal Canadiens dynasty and their elite all-time domination of the NHL, but I knew Guy Lafleur. And you don't lead the Montreal Canadiens in 
so many categories without being so much larger than life. He was a superstar that stands out in a franchise of hockey icons. Players like Jean Beliveau and Ken Dryden and Maurice Richard and Henri Richard and Patrick Waugh and all of these players. And then you have Guy Lafleur just leads in so many things and the outpouring across not only the Canadians fan base and organization across the NHL from other teams and players from other teams. It is someone who just it's there's so much bigger than the game of hockey and the world is worse off for not having him here. And I look at this and I have ingrained in the back of my mind as a Canadians fan is that Stanley cup final against the Bruins where there's a too many men on the ice penalty and you hear Lafleur is coming out rather gingerly on the right-hand side. And every Canadians fan knows what happens next. It is part of the lore in the building block of this club. And he is gone now. He is no longer with us. And I hope he's yet. He is at peace. I hope he gets to say hello to Jean again, when he sees them, when he gets there, it's, I thought I was all right. You know, we've got, we've lost hockey players. We lost Jean Beliveau. We lost Henri Richard. We've lost members of the punchline and someone, other people. And then Yvonne Cornway was on the radio talking today and he goes, I feel very alone today. And I look at that and I go, the Canadians are much less full than they were just a week ago. And there's no real way to say goodbye. Uh, that's easy. So, um, screw cancer always. And I really hope that, uh, Guy Lafleur is at peace and I hope his family, um, has all the support and love they need right now. And that's very, very important is that he leaves behind not just fans who loved him and people who appreciated what he did on the ice, but true people in his life who loved him, his friends, his family. Um, and we're thinking of them right now. And it's honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, the leader of the nation, for example, said that this was one of the first players that he fell in love with. Um, you know, if you were lucky, which Scott and I were not, we were not lucky enough to be around for those Stanley Cups, for Guy Lafleur, you know, for, for, for the whole arena to be chanting his name. I My own personal memory of him was I was in the Bell Center at the same time as him one time. Uh, it was the centennial game. And he said my favorite thing that a hockey player has ever said to the city, which was, you fans partied some nights. We partied every <laughs> night. And I think that that kind of epitomizes it is that he didn't just play hockey he loved being a hockey player and he was so good at it. There are so many people that, you know, they have talent or they have determination or they have that personality or, 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 and Guy Lafleur had all of it. And everything you're hearing today from fans is, I met him and he was the greatest to me. When I was a kid, you know, he said this to me. He would stop and sign autographs for any kid who wanted it. He would give you the time of day. He had very strong opinions, and I recall disagreeing with a lot of those opinions over time, but he was never afraid to be honest. Um, and he truly, truly, you know, you could tell how honored he felt when the QMJHL retired his number earlier this season. Um, that was something that, um, you know, you could, you could see it on his face, uh, how touched he was. And he just, I think, 
you know, Jeff Molson said that he asked, uh, he asked him to be an ambassador for the Canadians. I think he was an ambassador for hockey and for sport. I mean, lots of people know who he is that don't even care about hockey, you know, that don't even know about hockey. They've heard his name and they know he's one of the greats. And I think, uh, you know, there's something to that, his determination. And I just feel like his, what people call his generosity of spirit. Uh, I think he really, really embodied that. It was really hard to watch, actually. Uh, you're watching professional journalists and broadcasters and they're trying to put it into words and they're all tearing up. Um, they're all, you know, you hear their voice breaking. It's a really hard thing to, to, to kind of, put into words and just how how many people he touched a lot of people called him my friend a lot of people called him my idol and there were so many people that were able to call him both and just the sheer number in my mind uh says a lot about him I think he really will be missed I uh, and uh you know I just I, I I don't I don't know what to say that would really encapsulate his legacy in the short amount of time that we had uh, or that we have to, to say it. I, I have loved just scrolling through people's stories, whether it's on, uh, you know, on news sites, whether I'm watching broadcasts, whether I'm reading tweets, whether I'm looking at Facebook, uh, Instagram. I have loved hearing all the stories of when I was a kid my dad took me to meet Guy Lafleur and he was so great to me. Or when I was a kid or when I turned on the TV and I saw him play and, you know, what that meant to me and all of that. And it's every, every memory is either, it's never just on ice, right? Or off ice. Every memory is all of it. It's, it's truly amazing. And I know that he meant a lot to Quebec in general, specifically, I mean, and I, you know, there's a lot of talk about Quebec wanting to give him a state funeral if his family allows. Uh, it's not the same kind of state funerals you would give a dignitary. It's a, it's, it's more of a, a family type, like, you know, the whole province becomes, uh, is able to par partake in it. It's a huge honor. Uh, but I also, you know, I do think that his family right now, just like all of us, um, it, like, it's a huge loss. And we need to kind of respect his family and, and, and send them our condolences and keep them in our thoughts at this time for as much as like we loved him from afar. And that's, that's, that's the reality of being a fan. Like there are real people that were touched by this um, and that have been left behind by this. So thank you so much for listening to us. All right, want to thank Scott and Laura for joining us and talking a little bit about the great Guy Lafleur. I, I remember watching him when he was the best player in hockey, uh, just scoring, what was it, six straight years of 50 or more goals and leading the Habs to four straight Stanley Cups. Uh, just a remarkable player to watch, and uh, he will be missed. And, you know, losing him and Mike Bossy within a week of each other, give or take, very hard on the hockey world. Two of the great goal scorers of the 70s and then the 80s, and uh, they will be missed, uh, as will their impact on the world of the National Hockey League. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, 
The NFL draft and, yes, the Stanley Cup playoffs are just around the corner. Lots of opportunities to bet there. You know there's always an upset in the first round. A division winner almost always goes down if you can get some pretty good odds from betonline.net with regard to that. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Wild, Seth Tupel. And Seth, another thrilling win for your team. How much time was left on the clock when the game-winning goal was scored in OT? Uh, it was something like right around a second. I think, um, it might've, you lose track when you are like me sitting in front of your TV watching and the overtime or the goal gets scored. And the immediate thing that you do is hop up and like start fist pumping everywhere. So I, I lost track a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's a buzzer beater and uh, the wild pick up too much needed points against a team that I'm going to be honest. I really am glad that I don't have to see again this year. (laughs) No love loss for the Nashville Predators, huh? (laughs) It's just, it's been just such a weird season series against the Predators because they have dominated um, up until this game. And it seemed like the Wilds, you know, finally got some fight back on their end and they were able to beat Nashville the wilds way and uh it looked like a predators team that was gassed from uh, playing the lightning the night before so all in all nice to uh to finish the season series with a win and uh now we look ahead to the final few games of the season before uh the inevitable playoff matchup against well we already know who (laughs) first playoff matchup to be set the st louis blues will face the minnesota wild your thoughts initially about that matchup. I know you'll be talking about it a lot on your show coming up, but where do you see the the Wild having the biggest advantages over the Blues, and where are they most vulnerable? Well, I think um, in terms of most vulnerable, I'll start with that one. It's it's going to be special teams. Uh, this, this Wild team has struggled with the penalty kill all season. Uh, the power play, it seems like, has gotten some things figured out that can work going forward. So that's encouraging. But it just, the the penalty kill has, especially in big games, been uh, in Achilles' heel for this wild team. And so in order for them to have as good of a chance in this series as they should, penalty kill is going to have to come up big. And they had some good kills against Nashville, but then kind of got sucked into the style of play that has led to a lot of opponent power play goals. So hopefully that's just a minor fix. But the other thing to take away from this game, and I don't know, haven't seen the extent, Jared Spurgeon leaving with an injury. He played something like five minutes 
in this game. So the Wilds were uh, playing five defensemen for the final, like, 45, 47 minutes of the game. Obviously, at this point in the season, it's probably a precautionary measure, but um, I I can't speak to that. But this Wild team is going to be fine if they can get most of the guys missing in the lineup right now healthy. And if that's the case, then they're going to beat, hopefully beat the Blues at uh, at five on five. Yeah, that would be uh, where they would want to go. Uh, and as far as the biggest advantage that you think the Wild have in this series? I think it's probably going to be the two-headed attack of Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala. I mean, Kaprizov able to do this pretty much all season, and Kevin Fiala has at points even exceeded Kirill's production over this uh, this heater that he's on that has uh, has basically been since Matt Boldy came up. Um, those are two guys that the Blues really have not had a, a, a strategy for. And so you can try to take away other things. You can try to take away one or the other. But I, the next team that finds a way to take both Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov out of the game will be the first. So I, I have to believe that those two guys are going to be able to swing the series in our favor um, just because of how they've played for the last, like, three, four months. Six 20-plus goal scorers on this wild team. And and last night, Joel Erickson Eck, uh, three points, two goals. Uh, does that scoring depth mean a lot to this team heading into the postseason? It does, and especially on special teams. Like That was the big change that this Wild team has made, putting Kevin Fiala on the top power play line. And you put him with Kirill Kaprizov, with Jewel Eriksson Ek, who has 11 power play goals this year, and teams are focusing on those two guys. And so that leaves Jewel Eriksson Ek those opportunities right around the net to just cash in and uh, and come away with much-needed goals. And so you look at him, not only that, but you look at Ryan Hartman, 30 goals himself, Marcus Foligno, a 20-goal scorer. Uh, Those guys have been able to help anytime teams try to key in on Kaprizov and Fiala. And having those guys that can can step up and and take over has been arguably one of the biggest reasons that this team is as successful as it has been. You talked about the injury. If there is uh, time missed heading into the playoffs. Are you confident in the blue line depth on this team and who would have to step up? You know, it's, it's an interesting question as to who would hop up into the, uh, the decor. Obviously one of the routes you could go would be to bring up Kalen Addison, who hasn't played with the wild much this year. My guess is that just because of how much time he has played with the team, that the Wild would go with Jordy Ben and probably end up sliding Alex Goligoski to the third pairing and uh, kind of mix and match from there. But the big reason that the Wild went out and got a guy like Jacob Middleton is so that he could help on the top end of this D rotation. And he stepped up his play after Spurgeon went out. So he would be looked at to be kind of one of the lead guys along with Jonas Brodeen. If Spurgeon does miss any time, but I'm I'm hoping that they're treating this the same way they did Matt Zuccarello and just pulling him strictly from a precautionary measure because Arizona on Tuesday, 
you pr- if you need to give him a few days, you're not going to need him until after that Arizona game. And honestly, you wouldn't need him until the uh, the playoffs start, maybe get a game in. All in all, as long as guys are back by the time the playoffs start, that's that's the big picture. All right, Seth, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find you on social media and where they could find the podcast? You're going to want to follow Locked on Wilds. Uh, and easiest part is to just search Locked on Wilds. You can do that for any of your favorite podcast platforms or on social media as well. Locked on Wild, all you need. You can also follow me on Twitter at Seth, T-O-U-P-S. Keeping you up to date on everything going on in the state of hockey with your favorites. Minnesota hockey team, the Minnesota Wild. All right. Seth Tupelo is a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow, and my personal favorite, the banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorite. And look, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs while packing 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Capitals, Dan Holmey. And Dan, a a rough night for the Caps, a, a shootout loss, but more importantly, Alexander Ovechkin leaving the game early with a uh, an injury. Why don't you fill in our listeners and our viewers with the latest? So what happened in this uh, game was that uh, Ovechkin was going down the ice. He was driving towards the net, and uh, Maple Leafs goalie Shalgren put his stick out. Uh, that tripped Alex Ovechkin, and he slid awkwardly into the boards going about 18 miles an hour. Uh, he was down on the ice, kind of just face down and grimacing the whole time. And if you know anything about Alex Ovechkin, for him to show that level of pain and to actually leave the game, you knew it was a substantial injury. All uh, Coach Peter Laviolette is saying at this point is that it's an upper body injury, but it sure appears to me that it's a shoulder injury. And uh, that is not what the Capitals want right now. Uh, when TJ Oshie t- uh, was talked to after the game, he said, I just talked to him and I think he'll be all right. It's always scary seeing Big 8 go down and lay on the ice. He's a tough guy. But if there was anyone I would imagine wouldn't miss any more time, that would be uh, the great eight. So here's to hoping that it's not a lengthy injury for Alex Ovechkin. Playoffs are just one week away. If Ovechkin has to miss time, how how would the Capitals adjust? What you know? Who would you expect would be needed to step up? I mean, he's got 50 goals. No one else has more than 25. How would the Capitals handle his absence on the ice and his leadership? 
Well, that's the big thing is, you know, Alex Ovechkin is definitely a four-leaf clover, you know, like I was talking to the wife about earlier. You know, there's not, you know, the, the mentality in all of sports is next man up, next man up. Well, there's not really a next man up for Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he has huge shoes to fill. Um, as you know, that uh, Alex Ovechkin has scored 780 goals of all time, 22 uh, to pass Gordy Howe and 115 to pass Wayne Gretzky. So he's already a Hall of Famer playing out on the ice, scrambling and just thinking next man up. It's real, really difficult for me to say who at this time. I know that, uh, you know, Kuznetsov and Wilson are number two and three, respectively, on, all, on the goal list there. But it would be interesting to see who they end up moving up the list um, at this time. I guess I could probably give you a more accurate answer on that tomorrow. And, and as far as the leadership is concerned, who are some of the other leaders who would have to fill that void on this team if Ovechkin misses significant time? Well, Nick Backstrom is a guy that's known around the team as dad. A lot of, you know, Tom Wilson in particular calls um, Nick Backstrom dad just because he's kind of that quiet leader. He doesn't get all worked up over things. But I think the future captain of the Washington Capitals is going to be Tom Wilson. Uh, he's had a great mentor in the form of Alex Ovechkin and has matured uh, a lot over this year. Uh, he's not getting involved in all these uh, fights with these fourth line uh, players that are trying to make a name for himself. So I would say Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson, the likes of that, TJ Oshie, just some of the veteran core on the team are definitely going to have to step up to fill the void that is Alex Ovechkin. If, uh, okay, we know the Capitals are in the playoffs. Goaltending remains a question. How do you see the Capitals uh handling their goaltending situation as we head into the postseason. You know, it's been really tough. And I spoke with uh, J.J. Regan from NBC Sports Washington earlier this week, and we talked about the goaltending situation. And it's tough because Coach Laviolette said that when he heads into the playoffs, he wants to have that number one. When you go into the playoffs, you don't want to be going, well, who's going to be a net? You should always know. Um, Ilya Samsonov has been playing better as of late, and so has Vitek Vanacek. But none of them has really emerged to be a number one starter for the Capitals in the future. But to answer this question, I still think that the advantage goes to Sam Sonoff. He has more of a he has a better physical game. He's a better all around athlete. The funny thing about Ilya Samsonov is he can make these great athletic saves one minute and allow the softest goal the next minute. So it can be a bit frustrating for the Capitals and for a Capitals fan. No question about that. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You, you, you're looking at uh, the capital situation right now. Do they have a team they would prefer to play in the first round? And is there a team they really want to try to avoid in the first round? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, before the game tonight, and it sounded like uh, if they would have won, they would have bumped up a spot. They were talking about playing the Panthers. You know, the Panthers are a tough team. They're a physical team. Um, there's still the possibility that they could play the New York Rangers. Um, you know, they have Shesterkin and Nett, so he is, uh, you know, going to probably be the Vesna winner this year. So there's no real easy games. I mean, once you're playing at this point, you're playing elite level. Um, Carolina Hurricanes, you know, as I said, was talking to JJ about earlier in the week. He said, that's the kind of team that, you know, you can kind of just wear them down over time with a physical game and kind of drag them down to your level. So if there was any uh, team I wish they could play right now, just knee-jerk reaction, I would probably say the Hurricanes, but uh, it's sizing up that it could still be the Panthers or the Rangers. It's still too early to tell. Yeah, be interesting. And I think you're right as far as the Hurricanes being the matchup that serves them 
best. Uh, but no, no easy opponents, like you said, at this time of year. Three games left on the regular season schedule, two against the Islanders, one against the Rangers. Besides the health of Ovechkin, what are the Capitals looking for in these last three games to get ready for the playoffs? Well, like you talked about earlier, net minding is the big thing. They, you know, you have to figure it out before you get into the playoffs. It's too late then. Um, and then also just consistency in their depth scoring. They need to have depth scoring other than Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. And uh, Lars Eller has been stepping up to an extent. Um, and Mantha has a pretty good goal scoring touch. But that's what they need is more uh, middle depth scoring, not just the top line uh, scoring all the time or the top three. So that's one of the things that they're going to have to work on goaltending and depth scoring. All right, Dan, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find you on social media, where they could find the podcast, and of course, you will have the latest updates on the health of Alexander Ovechkin going forward. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. And then you can find the show Locked On Capitals. It's at Locked On Caps. All right, Dan Holmey, always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Scott Malta and Laura Saba of Locked On Canadiens, Seth Tupel of Locked On Wild, and Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals. We will be back next Monday with our full playoff preview as we bring you the biggest stories from around the league as the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, get underway. And, of course, I will be back to co-host on Friday along with Rachel Donner. We'll have great updates throughout the league. We'll have our Eastern Conference show Tuesday, Western Conference show Wednesday, and, of course, our power rankings on Thursday. Stanley Cup playoffs one week away, a very exciting time of year for hockey fans. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.